0: Welcome back to the Fully Express podcast. I'm your host, Christina Roland, and I am delighted to bring you today's guest. Today, we have Thomas Christopher Renner, life and leadership coach who focuses on personal identity. Uh, This is such a fun, exciting episode for me to record because Thomas is not only a great personal friend of mine, but he's actually a former client as well. And so we've seen each other through the ups and downs. And since our uh, client coach partnership ended, he's become just such a special person in my life. And now I go to him for things too. So so I'm excited for y'all to get to learn as much from him as I have over the past couple of years. Welcome to the podcast, Thomas.
1: Thank you so much. As always, it's a pleasure and a joy to be in your presence.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. So yeah, I would love to have you tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey to where you are now, what you're all about these days, anything that you want to share that's on your heart. Oh.
1: Oh, my heart. Wow. You just opened up Pandora's box there. Sheesh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So hello, everyone. Um, As she said, my name is Thomas uh, Christopher Renner. And yeah, I am a coach, but at the heart of my life, I'm just a beacon of joy. Like I believe in joy being my life purpose and how can I spread and how can I be that and how can I receive that in my own life? And how I got to that (laughs) was... um, I would say a smooth sailing road until I really took an adventure into my own trauma and my own things that are going on and, and recognizing those. So I wouldn't say it was a smooth road, but it felt that way uh, based on just the trajectory of what happened. But essentially how I became a coach and met Christina was about three and a half years ago. I lost my job pretty dramatically, um, found out on a Saturday that we were closing and then the next Friday we were done. And they gave me $2,500 of a severance and said, good luck. Uh, And I had truly built over the past, gosh, at that point, it had been almost seven and a half years, a really true community. A community of love, a community of support. And I did feel like I lost that overnight. But in the deeper reflection, I really lost who I was. Um, I recognized that from the age of 16 until 32, which was then, um, I really had done every job and every career and every extracurricular activity based on what other people thought that I should do. And I was really good at a lot of them, which I right, you don't want to complain about. You wanna celebrate and it's find find the joy in that. And what I realized was that I'd never chosen any of them. And so when I met Christina, I was finally choosing into me and what I wanted to do and become a coach. So that's how I came to Christina. And she has been an inspiration and a light in my life. uh, And Mm -hmm. I continue to look up to and looking at her healing journey. Um, One of the things, Christina, that you say all the time is if you heal yourself, you heal the world. I think I have that right.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And that might have shifted
1: (laughs) for you since then. But that has always spoken to me. And you've got to put yourself first in a lot of ways in order to be able to take care of others and take care of the world. And to do that, you start with the healing of yourself. So thanks for being that for me.
0: Mm, thank you thank you that's so special to hear and uh yeah amen that's (laughs) (laughs) i totally still believe that that you know healing the world starts with healing yourself thousand percent Mm -hmm. um yeah thanks for sharing that part of your story i am so curious and i think that a lot of people can probably relate to at least some aspect of that story and and maybe it wasn't getting laid off or or transitioning in life but maybe it was just some form of what to me correct me if i'm wrong but to me sounds like a an abrupt shift in identity right Um, and so I'm curious about that aspect of it. Like, what was it like for you to go from having this solid community, having this career that you had built up to having it suddenly taken from you and needing to shift gears and, and how has your identity changed? How did you cope with that? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. What a great question. And uh, it's kind of like broken down into three parts. And if I piece them together that they're happening in my mind, we'll, we'll get to the right place. Uh, but the first one was truly waking up the day after and realizing I had nowhere to go. So not only did I feel internally lost, but physically I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm supposed to go here. And then that's not where I go. Um, the second piece was really taking a look at who I was outside of my career and outside of my job after the job had been removed. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know who that was. And the third piece is acknowledging and honoring and truly believing that the identities I had had up until that point weren't bad, weren't to be negated. They were a part of me that I could choose to take with me or bless and release. And so within that, those three steps, I, I think when you use the word cope, to me, inaction breeds disbelief. And so I was like, I need to continue taking action and that will increase my belief. And however that showed up. So I went back into fitness and and the only way I knew how. And then I was like, okay, what would I now choose to do based on who I'm creating? And really at that point in the world, we'd seen this blossoming of the queer community in a unique way and like identifying who we were as people and how that really transpired in the world. Um, Truthfully, this was 2020. Like if you, if you, Take a look at current events. Like really racism was a huge conversation at that time, partially due to COVID, but really because we needed to talk about it <laughs> and we were finally opening up. And I think in having all of those conversations and I truly believe now, like your identity is like a, a coat in a closet, right? You can try one on, you fit it, it mm, doesn't fit today, not going to work with it. You put it back up, try something new. It's, it's definitely like something like that in your closet. And I didn't have that agility I just knew I had X, Y, Z and I had to wear them all the time. And when they didn't fit, I knew something was off. Um, One of the ones that I had tried on, I learned this really early on and I I didn't have the emotional capacity to understand what I was doing other than I knew I could take it off was I was a surrogate husband to my mother for a long time up until I was in college. Mm. And when I moved away, I took back and I was like oh I've been acting like this when I'm not acting like a son okay now what is a son and so I sort of got to figure out what that was so that was the beginning like the fledgling stage of this identity work Um, but as far as coping from that day on I think it's really been taking another step in the direction that I know or I think I want to go and then adjusting I think we don't Monopolize on the adjustment piece of planning. We just think, oh, I have to plan and then I have to go, and then it doesn't go the way that I want it to go. Suddenly we're back in this depressive state or we're back in this, um, the world is against me versus saying, okay, if this is the direction I want to go and that step didn't get me there, what's another step I can take in that direction? And it's the same with identities, right? Like I'm now a partner, which I used to say I was just a boyfriend. I'm like, okay, now what do I want to say a partner does, right? Same thing with like friends or best friends or lovers even. We just try things on and we see where it takes us.
0: Mm, Beautiful, I love that. And I think it's really interesting what you said about that identity as a surrogate husband to your mom. And I'm curious how that has shaped you and how you show up today and also how you were able to shift away from that
1: if I'm honest I think it's ever changing and growing I don't know that it's something that will have a definitive like oh now I'm a son I think it's there are pieces like a jigsaw puzzle that doesn't quite ever get finished that you're suddenly trying pieces in different places and you're like oh that's a jagged edge that doesn't fit with that round hole um when it came to that specifically, um, there were, I'm not going to say there were actions per se, but I think it was more an emotional capacity that I was acting as someone like a confidant or like a someone that would come for suggestions and instead of what I thought was a son, which should be, oh, I should go to my mom for things. And we, unfortunately, here was the disconnect even further, is we just had very different views on how life could go and our beliefs about spirituality. So those were, those were more confronting things. Um, but it really took the pressure off of what I thought I had to be for them. And truly what helped too was she found another husband that works beautifully for her life. So that was a, a great help in the moment. But I still struggle with certain things. Like I've seen a lot of my friends, like their sons and mothers relationship is, oh, they hug each other all the time, right? Like their son will go and cuddle with their mom. Like that always felt very interesting and different for me because it didn't feel right. Um, And now I've opened up with her about it. This was many years ago at this point now, but I've said like, I want to develop what a mother and son relationship looks like and bring her with me. And that was a really cool step. So it became a a dialogue, not a one-way
0: street. That was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I hear that you had to create your own definition around what what being a son was to you and what you wanted it to look like, and then also to bring her into that conversation. I think that's the you're right, like that's the missing piece that a lot of people forget about. <laughs> that, like, mm-hmm. that our healing just isn't always just our own, right? And that relationships are actually the most beautiful and challenging container for healing and growth. Um, and they're just like a really messily awesome place to practice totally (laughs) and
1: what I this is the more abrupt way of viewing it from the perspective side is like had I had that own my own journey on that about the son mother situation and sugar husband and I did all this work over here right that internal work that we always talk about and I never brought her in like Mm -hmm. The active part of me says, well, then I'm sabotaging any growth for her. Like I'm robbing her of her own personal growth with me. I'm not forcing it on her, but I'm silently robbing her of that opportunity to build a stronger, more cohesive, long-term relationship that I would want to have with her. And I don't even know if she wants that. So by inviting her into that work, I wouldn't say it's cleaner. (laughs) I would just say it's more productive. (laughs)
0: absolutely absolutely yeah it's it's so silly but the phrase that came to mind was like you know when you assume you make an ass out of you but so many of us do that all the time where we're like oh they wouldn't care oh they wouldn't want to talk to me about this or they they wouldn't um that wouldn't serve them or i'd be getting mm. in their way or whatever like I, something I remind clients often and I remind myself often, frankly, is stop treating the people in your life like they're children. Mm. Like <laughs> these people are adults like that can have a say and can contribute and probably have some kind of thought or feeling around like your relationship with them and how they want it to go. Right. Like it's not just you. Yeah. And actually putting them at choice giving them power in it can actually be a really great accelerant for their growth rather than getting in the way of it
1: yeah no i totally agree with that
0: really cool really really cool how can i
1: i can ask you stuff right
0: yeah oh
1: yeah i i'm curious for you like for those of you who are listening, like, obviously, yes, Christine and I have a, a backstory, of a relationship, and so I know a little bit about her history, but how has your medicinal journeys shifted your own identity with yourself and the the very dynamic relationship you have with your family?
0: Hmm. Yeah, wow, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know, I don't know if I've thought about this directly. Um, wow. I think first the easier part of the question is how it impacts my family and my relationship, and relationships with them. Um, so my dad passed away about a year ago now, and has it really been that long? Yeah, it'll be a year on December twenty seventh. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel really grateful because for a lot of families and a lot of people a death like that especially a complex one in an already complex family dynamic um, often tears families apart often tears people apart and my brothers and I have just gotten even closer and it's been really beautiful and I truly credit that to the work that I've done on myself. Like, I don't know if we would be where I'm at, where we're at, if I wasn't where I'm at, because um, there's a lot of things that, again, like making assumptions or taking things personally, like there's a lot of that that could have gone on, um, especially because I'm kind of the odd one out in the sense of my, my brothers are, they are full brothers to each other and I'm their half sister we've never treated it that way but with a 25 year gap there's of course it just naturally feels that way half the time anyway because mm. they are so much older than me um so yeah i've had to we, we've had to have like in very very strong communication as well because my brothers aren't necessarily um just for example like because they are older than me because they've been around for a longer time they have a better understanding of like the ins and outs of how things go when someone dies and what an estate plan looks like and all these different things that I may not have the wisdom or the knowledge around and they will just like get mad if I don't know or something like that <laughs> and i have to like really like really come from love over and over again and say hey I am sorry. I just don't know. You know, like over and over again, I'm like, please communicate with me. And I just constantly am reminding, like, I'm here. I'm with you. Mm. I want to be in this with you. You just have to communicate with me a little bit more. I'm here. I'm in this with you. Communicate with me a little bit more. And not, again, not taking things personally and really letting that um, relationship to come together more rather than pulling us apart. So that's been really great. Um, And I think that you know they're not really they're not into this medicine world my sisters in law are both very interested in hearing me talk about it but none of them have ever done it but i think that they all have seen just how much it's impacted me They've seen how much coaching in general and healing in general has impacted me and and that it has made me this person who's able to do so many big things with them. And I think they love that and are impressed by that. And I think that they see that the medicine journeys have only made me even better. And so they're very much on board. Like every time I do a new ceremony, my brother gets more open and asks more questions and is actually more curious and, and authentic around it. Cause in the very beginning he was like, I don't know, that seems weird gonna go lick some frogs <laughs> and he still makes a joke here and there but um, yeah I think that you know the more that I embody the work the more they're into it and understand it because I think I actually had this conversation earlier today with someone that it's so easy to get wrapped up in just the medicine. And like doing the medicine, taking the medicine over and over and over again, and not ever integrating things. Mm. And you can tell, like, when you meet someone, if they are integrating or not, <laughs> like you can really tell. And because I've been so intentional about integrating, it's it's changed my life in really beautiful ways. And so my family is like, yeah, OK, this seems to work. We're on board. And they're, they're like getting more and more open to doing it themselves, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, and then. Oh, and then but I think another part of that, though, is me releasing any attachment to them doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like knowing that they don't actually have to fully understand what I'm doing in order to support me and love me. Because I think that's a disconnect that happens in relationships where they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you must like, you have to know this you have to experience it you have to be into the same exact things as me to fully get me and that's not true Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) like like, as long as someone's willing to meet you where you're at and willing to love you and show up for you and be in conversation around things like I think those are the foundations it doesn't necessarily need to be like we do the same exact things or our paths look look exactly the same like if they never do this work I will still love them and we will still work on our Right. So, yeah, that's been really cool and impactful. And then um, as far as my personal identity goes, I think kind of like what you said, it is ever evolving. <laughs> and um, I really loved the analogy that you gave where you, you like get kind of giving yourself permission to try things on just like they're a coat, just like they're an outfit, because I think that people do get really attached to a certain identity and then think that they can't be anything else, even if they want to. And so that's never where I want to be. I want to be able to continuously change my identity if that's what I feel called to. And I guess I also don't, again, don't attach myself to anything for too long. I'm not like, oh, I have to be this person or I have to be that person or this defines me. Um, there, I have like so many things that are, make up who I am. So, um, but I will say that I've been really enjoying exploring the identity of medicine woman I, and how that allows me to serve people better because you know, medicine isn't just substance medicine. Medicine is coaching in a way. Mm-hmm. Medicine is energy work. Medicine is breath work. <laughs> medicine is somatic work. And so I've started to bring that stuff into my practice and I'm doing some more trainings in the next couple of months to increase my skill set there um, because I think that healing is so, uh, ho- like holistic healing is so complex. It's not, not just about talking, not just about coaching. So I've been really enjoying expanding w- what's in my medicine bag per se. So, um, yeah.
1: Did you fun. ever watch when you were young, Dr. Quinn medicine woman?
0: I didn't, but I do remember that. <sighs> oh. Like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: to, I was very, very young, but like every time, uh, I actually met with Uh, client at the gym I teach at she doesn't take my classes but she's just a member and she was talking about I didn't know her very well long story short and I was like but I see her every day we smile we have very short conversations and I was like where have you been she's like where have you been and I was like I've been here she's like I've been here too (laughs) and I was like well give me the three top updates of your life because I just really wanted to know and one of them is she's becoming an herbalist
0: so it's not she
1: I mean she classifies herself more like a witch Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think that the power of that and the power of what you're doing is underestimated and undervalued because it's unknown. Like, we don't know, but we do know. And we're starting to know even more. I even work, I work for a counseling center as their first life coach. And there are a lot of studies about ketamine now that Mm -hmm. are coming out Mm -hmm. and people um, practicing with that and how that can heal trauma. And I'm like, all we have to do is try and learn. Mm -hmm. And trying actually isn't that much energy. It just Mm -hmm. takes the choice. But we think because we're afraid.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that because I actually relate to it taking way much more of my energy to be closed off, to protect myself, to be like, what's that? I don't know." know. Like That feels so much heavier in my body than just like relaxing, sitting back and be like, tell me, you know, <laughs> tell me how this if is. They did, tell like, me what, if, what, what's going on here. It's not a
1: polygraph test. Cause that's the lie, obviously, but like a, a stress test. I wish that I'm sure there's some study out there about stress tests, but people answering the words yes or no to questions. And I guarantee you, we would see the energy and the stress be higher saying no than if they said yes. Now I want to learn. Now I want to, this is exciting. Mm. Because truthfully, <laughs> to your point, you just said, like, it takes so much energy for you to be like, no, closed off. When someone's like, oh, do you want this? Yeah. Sure. Because yeah. it almost takes more. <laughs> it almost takes more trust to say yes in yourself versus no is showing that you don't trust the other person.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm.
1: just my everything's going off right now. This is great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that about your identities, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, say more. What else are you thinking? Um, oh, yeah. My pleasure. Of course.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious as to now. like, uh, For instance, the other weekend, Stuart and I went out. Stuart's my partner, for those of you who are listening. And he was like, it's a say yes night. And I was like, great. This is awesome. Let's just say yes. Well... <laughs> We went to like two parties and I was like, okay, you ready to go home? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so we just, <laughs> we just went home and laid on the couch. Cause that was what we said yes to. Um, it was way more fun than saying no. And when I relate to mm. fun in life, I relate to it as joy in a lot of ways, like uh, as an access point to joy. So yes is an access point to joy. Even if it's fearful, Although I say all of that now and I'm like, if someone says let's go skydiving, I'll be like, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you, this is a a tangent, but did you watch the, um, well, maybe it's not, it's concerning their witches, but did you watch the new Hocus Pocus?
0: I did. I did. Okay.
1: There's this one part where the shop owner is talking to Winifred Sanderson, um, Bette Midler's character. And he's like, can we talk about this? She's like, (laughs) (laughs) and i just kind of giggle because the emphatic no still probably takes more energy than just to say yes because yes leaves you with so much possibility and, and you as a coach you know like that's sort of the gateway to life and when you say no you're saying no to all the windows and doors and portals that you'll never have access to just by saying no. Now, listeners, we're not telling you to go out and say yes to everything. That's not what we're saying <laughs> to do right now.
0: Uh,
1: but just interestingly enough, I would, I would really want to know what the energetic scale looks like or on a stress test for someone to say no versus saying yes to certain questions in their Yeah,
0: life. Yeah. Yeah, and two things that came up for me around that is, like, one, you know, saying yes also doesn't mean that you have to – like if we're going with the example around medicine, right? Saying yes doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and like use the medicine that anyone's offering you, right? Mm, mm-hmm. What yes can just be a yes to I want to hear more or yes, I want to explore the idea of it, right? Like it doesn't it. it can be yes to any aspect of it. it, doesn't have to be yes to all of it. And then the other thing that came up for me is actually when you say no sometimes you're actually saying yes to yourself oh yeah right like if the question had been flipped for you and stewart the other night um and it was like uh do you want to stay here (laughs) rather than do you want to go home and he had said no, that would mean like, yes, I'm choosing myself and choosing my well being, and I'm choosing to go home. Right. So I think it's totally. also like the energy around the yes or no more than actually the words themselves. The
1: word. Yes.
0: Wild. Yeah.
1: A thousand percent. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> what has been your, you know, we're coming, this is, I don't know why this is now, but. We're coming to the end of the year and you've had a pretty transformational year. What's like the top two things that you would share as pieces of vital information for people moving forward?
0: Oh my goodness. Putting me on the spot today, Thomas.
1: Well, I'll answer, <laughs> I'll answer it too. So this is, a, this is tit for tat for sure. Oh,
0: yes. Yes. I- I would love for you to answer it, yes. Oh, the top two pieces of vital information. Hmm. Wow. That's so hard to choose.
1: (sighs) It's almost like the reverse, right? Because if I said, give me 10 things, you'd be like, here they are. But to pick two, you're like, (laughs) oh, no.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Um. You know, I think maybe what's coming to mind and what feels true right now, um, one of them is actually similar to what we're talking about, is that an open heart always wins. Like, to me, that is always the way to go. Like, no matter what you're working on, no matter what you're working through, an open heart, a humble heart... Um, like, sacredness and reverence around your heart and other people's hearts is, like, the way to lead in your life that, like, won't steer you wrong. And even if something goes wrong, at least you get to say, like, I was open and I trusted and I tried and I... Again, like, didn't use all my energy trying to protect myself. I actually allowed myself to experience the world, and what a gift that is. Mm. Um, and so much of my work with men revolves around opening their hearts because I think so much of the world has been taught to close it off, right? Whether it's from society or personal trauma. Or judgment, shame, whatever it is, um, opening your heart to possibility is just like completely where it's at. <laughs> and that's just really transformed my life personally. Um, and then I think the other thing is, and you know, it almost sounds cliche or cheesy to say, but like truly you are enough. And that's something that I'm still learning and I'm still working on. Like I have pretty much self-branded as a self-love coach for three years now and I'm still working on my own self-love. That was actually a huge part of my medicine ceremony last week. Um, But truly that is the foundation for everything. Too coming from this place of you are enough. And I think that people have this misconception where they think, if I believe that I'm enough, and I know I've I've been like this many times in my life, where if I believe that I'm enough, then I'll just like settle and I'll just sit there and be lazy and I'll never get anything done. And like, how can you possibly think that you're enough? Like I've accomplished X, Y, Z. And then you almost use that as a way to motivate yourself right it's like the carrot or the stick are you beating yourself with a stick or are you chasing the carrot Mm -hmm. and the not enoughness is this beating yourself with a stick in order to move forward and the i am enough and i want more is the carrot and i am enough is just like the most powerful place that you can operate from truly yeah i (laughs)
1: what you said about it uh, and wanting more, what I talk a lot with my clients is I call it gratitude plus is that you can be grateful for what you have and you can want more. Those that don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you, you referenced you are enough in a unique way that I'd never heard it. Is as it, as it sometimes is a stopping point for people that they would almost become complacent. And I'd never thought of it that way because to me it's the launch pad for more because if you're enough you don't need to be more to accomplish more you are enough to do everything that you want to do and I don't know if that was a belief that I've chosen or if that's just the way I was taught or, or what but having that reflected back even now just allows me to see it in a for lack of a better word in a negative way to see it more when I have clients that have that or other friends that have that it's like i'm if i'm enough then i'm just going to sit and do nothing well not necessarily like you are enough and you can want more i think the concept of more is a very i mean we could have a whole podcast just you and i on (laughs) what wanting more is and why it's like a fallacy and why it's also can be debunked and why it's also used as the stick versus like doing to beat yourself up um because there's greed and all all of that conversation to it but that's just really interesting. I never thought of it from the opposite the opposite being bad quote, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I was you didn't necessarily steal mine. <laughs> um, but if I was to have two things, what was my
0: question? The two most vital, vital. pieces of information for people to take.
1: Yeah. Um One of them is so abrupt that it has a lot of caveats that I'm not even going to go into because I want everyone to sort of distill on their own. But one of them is don't censor yourself. Mm. I think that we try so hard to protect everyone. And in turn, we end up not being able to, to your podcast quote, fully express ourselves. And so my ask is that we stop censoring ourselves for the purpose of expressing ourselves, not for harm, but for expressing ourselves. Because mm-hmm. um, also an access point of connection, right? If we say what we mean, if we say what we see, if we say what we feel, it gives us more space to, to your point, have an open heart to see people for who they are, for what they want to be, for how they want to be expressed. Um. Yeah, that would be number one. And number two... Uh, I think it's because it's been a journey for me this year is taking care of your physical health.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: I'm in enough mental health spaces that I trust that that's going to continue. But I think the physical health, which of course has its own beginnings in the mental health space But the physical people's health, eating better foods, seeing the right doctors, using medicine that you deem to be part of your journey, right? It's going to help you with your own health. Um, I've just seen a lot of people pass this year from health issues that not necessarily were avoidable per se, but like definitely weren't helped. Mm. And I also am at the point in my life, and please forgive me if this is sensitive, but where I'm seeing my parents get older. yeah and like watching their health just sort of decline. and some of it is age, right like that's what happens <laughs> uh, but also okay I that's what I don't want for myself. So I'm being proactive and doing things that I know are good for me uh, healthy, mentally healthy and things like that. take to your point when you use medicine like I have yoga. Like to move my body, like that's really important to me. I've taken um, really into the mindset of mobility. I just want to be mobile,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the cool part about that is it translates to coaching in a lot of ways and therapy. And that you're the only difference is one is mental mobility.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's just looking at your physical health and. Stop censoring yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, in the spirit of both of the things you just said, you know, I think that a lot of people don't want to hear the, what I'm about to say, <laughs> which but... is why you
1: should say it. <laughs> These are the moments I live for. If you're just tuning into Christina too, by the way, you've been missing out for years. So make sure that you just listen to every <laughs> podcast ever created because this woman has things to say that you need to hear. So go for it. Thank you.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think that most people don't want to hear that their mental health is directly affected by their physical health. They are not separate. You know, people tend to treat them like they are. And part of what I love about this, about the medicine path is that people seem to understand that. Like a lot of these medicine practices have come from indigenous cultures and cultures that have been practicing with medicine for centuries. And they have a deep understanding of like how important food is, the right food is to the body, right? And how important it is to treat your body with the utmost reverence and respect as you're doing this and how um, your body is part of the healing process like I have done the most somatic work I've ever done in the past year than I like and then in my whole life and that is what has taken my healing to the next level it's not even the medicine itself it's the body work related to the medicine Um, because we store so much of our emotional stress in our bodies and Uh, we take on so much every day. We live in this world that is so overstimulated. Every single day we have a fight, flight or freeze response. We weren't meant to live like that. We (sighs) weren't meant to have one of those responses every single day. And so Mm -hmm. it's no wonder that most of us have some kind of sickness, myself included. And, so i think that it's really important to recognize that both of those things are so important and i think like something that i've been thinking about a lot especially after watching my father decline and then die for like 15 years from parkinsons and dementia of course like the parkinsons and dementia weren't his fault quote unquote um and it has made me think of the ways in which i can ensure that I not only live a long life but a vital life right Uh like what you're talking about with mobility is like I don't actually want to live unless I can be vital until my last day right (laughs) like unless I can walk unless I can talk unless I can Um, Do all the things that I love to do, and and I'm not saying that people don't have quality of life if they can't do those things. I that's not at all what I'm saying, Um, but it is important for me to be able to keep the faculties that I I currently have, right? Um, So yeah, I think that you know people focus on weight or, or length of life or money before they, they actually focus on the vitality of their being. Mm. Um, and yeah, mental and physical is one and the same, so.
1: Would the word holistic be enough? Holistic wellness? Would that encompass both of them t- for you?
0: Hmm... Mm.
1: Or what would that word be if there is one?
0: Yeah, you know, my intuition, my instinctual response right now is that no, it doesn't cover it. I don't know if that's just because I grew up with a mom who was actually so into all of this stuff before any of it was popular. Like, mm-hmm. I wish my mom was alive today just so that I could ask her, like, how the hell did you know this 10 years before everyone else did? Because somehow she did. And so I've been going to health stores and vegan cafes since I was a little kid. Um, my mom just, was just always into that stuff. Um, and so I remember, like, being at, like, holistic wellness spaces. And for some reason that still kind of, like, feels um, – incomplete to me just the ways that maybe they've been represented in my life so for someone else that word might be totally like it so i'm not saying there's a right or wrong at all right um i i i don't know like i don't have an exact word for it but i i think something could just be wellness yeah i mean something that just came to me was like wholeness and, like, wholeness of my being, and I think what I mean by that is that, like, for example, I'm still struggling a little bit with some arthritis and body pain, like, it's definitely way better than it was a year ago, but there's still some of it there, but I also don't relate to myself as being unhealthy, I don't relate to myself as, um, not being whole right I think for me it's like this integration uh where like my mental and physical health is so connected I am so connected to my being I can kind of um I, I know how to like navigate it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's this thing that I understand and can predict a little bit more because I know exactly, like it's this in, tunement with my body that feels like I'm I'm one with my body, I'm whole with my body, rather than treating it like it's this separate thing, like a lot yeah. of wellness trends and people encourage you to do.
1: That's cool. Yeah, the wholeness of being. I'm taking yeah. notes as you talk. Oh my gosh. You're,
0: so, you're the best.
1: <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm such a nerd. I'm such a nerd. Well, I wanted to also like write on those four things that we said. I'm like, these are valuable pieces of valid, tools of information. And, and I, I love to be really clear about this when I'm doing podcasts and recording my own podcast. It's like, I don't have the right answers. I just have answers. Totally. And my answers might work for you. They don't mm-hmm. have to. And I learned this mm-hmm. actually in a really deep level about a week and a half ago my mom sent me this text um she sends me a lot of christianity spiritual texts cuz she's christian i was trying to think if there was a more defined uh, word for it but she's i used the, i used the phrase yesterday she's incredibly christian
0: which almost sounds <laughs>
1: which almost sounds judgmental and that's not what i mean it <laughs> But she sent me this piece of her devotional that was talking about the armor of God. And listeners, I'm sure some of you have probably heard about this. Um, just like t- talking about the shield and talking about the, the shoes of, of God and, and what they represent. And I don't know what hit me, how it hit me differently, but she does this a lot. And I very rarely open them. And I would tell her that to her face, to be very clear. Uh, I'm not hiding anything from her. But I opened it and I, and I read it. And I was like, because part of me was like, oh, you, you knew this as a kid. Like, you went to church every Sunday. Like, you went to Bible school, all of that. And I read it and I said to myself, you believe this, just not in the way she believes it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. I I don't know why it had to be this. I don't know why it had to be this late. But it it was this moment, just like when I say, like, when you're Mm -hmm. listening to Christina and I, like we don't have the right answers. We just have answers that we've Mm -hmm. chosen that work for us. Mm -hmm. And the way I see with my mom sharing those scriptures and sharing that it's her way of just bringing her word to life that she believes in, in the same way that we're being fully expressed on your podcast right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And for some
1: reason, to tie out weirdly back to the conversation around my mom and being a <laughs> son, brought me closer to her, realizing also that we're still the same. We're oneness, actually. I wouldn't say we're the same, but we're all one. And that was really cool to have that, like, talk about wholeness of being, like I felt like part of my being became whole in that moment, where it was less of a fight and more of a release. Mm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that because yeah, I think it's truly one of the most life changing things. And maybe I should have said this in my two vital things, but, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but I really do think it's one of the most life changing concepts when you can truly understand that there is no right or wrong in almost every single topic you can think of right <laughs> like and releasing your attachment to being right about how something should go or whatever is one of the most freeing things it's it's incredible and um yeah i really love that you were able to recognize that like you have your version of what's right for you and she has her version i know that I have a lot of um, I actually still, and I've started to explore this very slightly uh, over the past couple of months, but I have a lot of held resentment towards the Christian church. It was the church that I grew up in. It was the church that my mom was very involved in. And I have resentment towards it because of what it, like some people from that that religion stand for and things like that in the world and the oppression that I've witnessed in the world. Um, And so I'm actually starting to reenter that in a way where I get like, where I'm like, okay, how do I get to reinvent this relationship? Because there's actually a lot of beauty here too. And a lot of the messages that I'm looking for and that I'm creating and putting out there. And exploring in the medicine are also right there in the Bible, right? And so it's like exactly what you're saying that like, you know, there may be really painful, hurtful, toxic ways that people embody their own version of whatever it is. And that happens in the spiritual world too, right? It's not just the Christian world or whatever. Yeah. Um, it happens in with people who are doing the same things I'm doing. So um, I really love that that invitation that you just kind of put out there to like, yeah, like this is my right. This is her right. And maybe we're both right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I can't help, but say this. And I'm this again, people probably won't like to hear this either, but like, we don't know what happens after we die. We don't, we have no idea. And I, I I have thoughts though. Oh, oh, of course. (laughs) And of course, absolutely. But, <laughs> but like, I
0: don't know now. Yeah. W- right.
1: And that's what's so awesome about it is like none of us really know. So we all get to play. You know, I've, I've seen so many people on I deleted TikTok from my phone. So and I deleted my accounts. So I have no idea what's happening on the TikToks. But I see a lot of people like on Instagram lives and Instagram talk about we're just we everything is made up. Mm-hmm. Like everything mm-hmm. is made up. Literally everything. Literally everything. Yep. So what works for you in that spiritual realm that I believe at the base of all of them is kindness, kindness and joy. Mm. I think at the base Mm -hmm. of almost every spiritual text, whether it's created today or created thousands of years ago, it's kindness and joy. And if Mm -hmm. that's the base and whatever you choose to believe, that's the base, then we're all living our own truths until we die.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's actually what makes life so enjoyable Mm -hmm. is you get to have that right to choose what's right for you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Doesn't make others wrong. It just makes it your right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm totally thinking now about having, when I'm having you on my podcast, right? You talked about, well, first of all, I'd love to talk about the joy of you living with illness and the joy of you living in this new Christianity world you speak of.
0: So those of you who are listening now,
1: get ready for that.
0: Yeah, Oh man. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I think that'll be a beautiful conversation. I'd love to explore those things further. And yeah, I think um, I love the way you even phrase those, you know, the joy of it, right? Like, I think that's something that people in the healing world, no matter whether it's medicine, coaching, therapy, whatever it is, um, people often forget that this can be fun. <laughs> you know, like the, we, we refer to it as the work. Oh, and I know. It, it it's can... driving me kind of nuts at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just like, you know, it can be a lot of work for sure. I've, I've done shit ton of work over, <laughs> over the years. I'm still doing a shit ton of work. Oh. I just, like, was in hell in ayahuasca last week. So don't, don't get me wrong. Like, there's still really hard, difficult, dark parts. But it can also be really fun and really mm-hmm. playful. And literally, I was sitting in ayahuasca ceremony last week. And I was just, like, having a grand old time sitting there, like, dancing. And ayahuasca very clearly said to me, like, remember what it feels like to feel good. Like just feel this. Just enjoy this. Just play. Like you think those lights look discoy? Okay, like play with <laughs> Let's that. Let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like whatever. Just like just play, just feel it, just enjoy it and like mm. over and over and over again that was the message for hours. And I was like, oh, wow. Wow. What a what a great reminder. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. So, yeah.
1: You provide that That's, for a lot of people too.
0: Oh, and so do you. So thank you. Thank you. I, I received what, that. And you do. Too. Good. Good. You should
1: receive. You should. I'm mean, going to should. You should receive that. I, that's like one of the things that um, just to give you all more in context of her and I's relationship, when we parted ways as client and coach, it was like, we want to be friends. Like we want to talk about all the things that we may not normally talk about. But Christina, yeah, you just bring so much joy to my life. And You challenge me, and you're just an incredible spirit. So I just had – I needed to say that now for some reason. So I'm telling Mm -hmm. you again. But it's also getting dark where you are. I know it's not a visual medium, but I'm noticing you're slowly getting darker and darker.
0: (laughs) I know. This house, I have not quite figured out how to, like, get lighting without my backlight being really, like – like abrasive and i don't i don't know but yes yeah, so it's, it's starting Hilarious. the sun is setting um the sun is setting on our time together too unfortunately because i know that you have a beautiful event tonight so this has been such a fun wonderful conversation but i do want to also end with our final question uh thomas what does it mean to you to be fully expressed
1: you know, I have to come off the conversation that we were just in. To be fully expressed means to experience joy through stopping censoring yourself.
0: Mm. So good. So because good. censoring just has
1: so many closing qualities. Mm-hmm. And joy is such an open quality. Mm-hmm. And when you allow yourself mm-hmm. to just open the doors to your disco lights, you can experience so much joy. If you just mm. let it. Mm.
0: So good. Thank um, you. Thank you. No,
1: thank you. It's been an honor Where and a pleasure. People...
0: Yes. Likewise. Where can people find you, follow you, work with you, connect with you, everything?
1: Yeah. The easiest way right now is Instagram or email, which are both the same. It's Thomas renner official and it's my first and last name so you can't mess it i'm sure it'll be in the show notes too but thomas renner official is the instagram and then thomas renner official at gmail.com and i will be coming out with my podcast in january 2023 and it's called the joy in living Mm, it's finding the joy in ordinary aspects of life when sometimes life fucking blows
0: (laughs) I love it. That's so good. I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. That's going to be amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Thomas.
1: You're so welcome. Thanks, Christina. (laughs)
0: Thanks for listening to the fully expressed podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so grateful if you would hit that rate and review button and leave us some love. If you want more content, more interaction with me, you can find me on Instagram at Stina, S-T-I-N-A E Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. I'm so grateful for you. And I hope that you make today the best day yet.